0: What content would you create if you thought like a broadcaster? This was a question I posed to listeners in episode six with Nick Francis, who's co-founder of Casual Films. As the world comes out of lockdown, we've joined forces to come up with a framework to help you reset your approach to creating content that engages people in a post-COVID world. Nick kindly invites me onto his own podcast, the Better Video podcast, last month to talk about the framework to help you change up your content.
1: And welcome to the Better Video podcast, the podcast that aims to make you a better commissioner and producer of branded content and business video. I'm Nick Francis, co-founder of Casual Films. We work with businesses all over the world from bases in the US, the UK, and Amsterdam to help those businesses to achieve their goals with video. Today, I'm delighted to be joined once more by Chris Lacan Harwood. Chris is a content marketing and social media strategist and the host of the Employer Content Marketing pod. He spent much of the last 18 years helping businesses, large and small, to market, communicate, and recruit more effectively. That experience makes him perfect for today's discussion. So, Chris, how's it going?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the invite again. It's it's always good to always good to have a chat. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about. Um, what brands brands being broadcasters actually means because that's a you know part of your book that you'd um, you covered off and and you know, we were chatting and thought today actually we'd join forces and, and talk about coming out of this kind of current crisis and and how communicators can reassess their approach to content um, and we've put we put our heads together and we've we've pulled together a bit of a framework that um, your listeners can can go away with and uh, and start putting into action.
1: For sure, I mean, you know, we are, it does feel a bit like we are, if not through the the virus completely, um, or even maybe, you know, we've still got a bit of the, the rump left to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're starting to talk about reopening our societies and, you know, phased reopenings. I think, you know, obviously the world's gonna be, um, fairly abnormal for some time to come. Um, but you know, whether we go back to work um, on Monday coming or in on some Monday in a couple of months time, the fact is that the crisis that we've just been through will have like really massive implications for the businesses um, that we've, we've been working with, obviously, um, you know, as casual and, and, and for you as well, Chris. Mm. Um, and, you know, there was there's all sorts of different talk about, you know, are we going to see a really significant bounce back? There was a very major bounce back after the 1918 flu. So, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, while we might see, you know, 40% uh, fall in GDP this year, maybe next year, we might be a a jump of, you know, 50, 60%. So, Mm. you know, that could be really quite significant. I mean, I guess whatever happens the what has happened requires a slight change or at least a reassessment in in the approach
0: to the content that we're all sharing Mm. definitely Um, i I found that you know it's it's since the pandemic you know it's really been where brands have have not been able to kind of push their product as much as they've mm. been able to before um for a number of reasons and and for me that's that kind of that's quite a nice challenge to set which is you know what what does our content need to do if if we are not focusing on the vacancies because there's been a recruitment freeze for example what do you Mm -hmm. do when you don't have that that to say um and so i think that's that's where this kind of conversation has, has come from really is because in the episode that we did last um, on my, my pod, um, it was really saying, okay, well, if you're in a meeting room, you know, talking to your talent attraction colleagues or your marketing colleagues, it's like, ask the question, you know, what content would we produce if we were a broadcaster? And I really think when you ask yourself that question, there's a massive chance in your content being very, very different um mm. so kind of wanted to kind of go back to really talking a bit about actually what broadcasters being a broadcaster really really means
1: yeah so i guess in its most basic term being a broadcaster certainly in the way that i talk about it in the book is uh you your core product is the content that you produce um, and I guess the reason why it's important for brands to have that mindset is that the their content that they're sharing has the ability to build brand value in the same way that any other product that they produce does so you know if you're a luxury car manufacturer um, you obviously take every take the cars that you produce extremely seriously if you create you know leather jackets or um, you know even mouse mats for for people who uh, are aficionados with your brand um, they will assess those products by the same um, criteria that they assess I mean, maybe mm. criteria is the wrong word but um they will you know they they all form part of the perception of your brand. so if mm. you're producing high quality cars and you create a leather jacket that just falls apart, you're damaging the perception of your brand in the person who, for the person who bought that um, mm. that jacket. Now, the, the fact is, like you know, as 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 brought, you know, as as uh, as content marketers, we need to just be thinking, like you know, how is the content that we're sharing going to affect the perception of our brand, and how is it potentially going to be used to build brand value, um, or can it be used to build brand value? So, if we're sort of thinking about, like you know, what kind of content should we be producing. I kind of bring it back to kind of the core principles of thinking well you know who are our audience um and you know how do we make sure that we are creating content that that maps onto you know what their you know desires and interests and motivations Mm. might be Um, you talked
0: about um you talked about bbc didn't you um when we've chatted before about how they approach um things in terms of Kind of being in it for the for the long game.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and the idea that you know, I mean, you know, they're obviously the BBC think about this thing like this, but then the you know all like major networks think about building a lifetime relationship with or certainly kind of traditional networks think about building a lifetime relationship with their audience. Now, you know, that may be for someone like you know the BBC creating like kids TV to kind of hip hook kids in from an early age right through um to all the different content that they create for you as you move through school and uh through university um or secondary education uh or further education and then into the workplace um and you know catering for all the different interests of all the different people mm. um i guess you know obviously from a brand's brand standpoint you're not going to create that kind of breadth of content. You you just couldn't possibly hope to. But if you can think about like what is the what's your customer lifecycle? You know who are the people who are going to work with you? Who are the people who are going to buy your products? And you know how can you make sure that you're sharing content from um, as early in that process as possible to try and build their perception and brand value. Um, then, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's kind of, a, it's, it's a more positive way of talking about it. It's something, you know, when we were talking before, Chris, that you were s- sort of said that, like, if you can come at it from that mind frame, um, then you're going to, the, then the content that you create is going to be different. Um, mm, absolutely. It's interesting. Yeah, is, is that no, Sorry. On. Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's this idea of, like, you know, a, go on about it endlessly but like this idea of like what are you trying to achieve it's like what's beginning with the end in mind yes you know and it, you know and it, if if all you're trying to do is create a load, of, a load of uh a load of videos then what you're going to end up with is a load of videos but like if you're trying <laughs> to build long-term brand value like you know in the way that broadcaster might, then yeah your approach is different and it was interesting when you mentioned that it kind of did make me yeah it, it's it's interesting do you want to just expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I just think when you go back to this thing and this question of you know what content would you produce if you were a broadcaster, I think that takes us into thinking about a bit of a framework, and I think this is something that you know that your listeners can take away, and at very least, kind of works as prompts that you can you can include in in internal meetings that you've got conversations you have with agencies, um, just to go well, how could we reset? Um, how should we reset our content so this framework I think starts off with you know I, I really do like to think really think audience first you know and, okay it is all about it is about the audience but I think often you know companies do think about what they want to say first of all and when you do that naturally you're going to be talking about yourself mm-hmm. Then, then, um then I suppose helping the audience so the think audience first thing I think is really important and you know I've seen it a lot where this when I think about your audience and typically it's okay well our audience are this age group with this experience um, with this income um, and in your book I loved loved your example I can picture it now which is which is taking a demographic Mm. um, and taking the demographic um, and basically, the two people—one was what Ozzy Osbourne,
1: right? Well, Yeah—and the
0: other one was Prince Charles.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know. That's right. And so just,
0: ex- uh, extremely different. Extremely yeah. different. And just the um, date,
1: you know, the danger of of uh, of just focusing purely on demographics. Yeah, because they're both so kind of multi-millionaires in their sixties who like dogs. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's ultimately, you know if you're to behave like a, a, a broadcaster and use the kind of principles of content marketing, you've got to be adding kind of value to the audience by the thing of you know, informing them, entertaining them um, and, and kind of inspiring them through, you know, through, through stories and, you know, and, and, and advice. So I think looking at psychographics and those kind of needs and motivations of the audience, Mm. is really really important and you know it's, it's things like kind of personality traits of, of the individuals or the values or the attitudes the interests and the lifestyle that people have you know these are yeah. things that need to be at layered on top of demographics um so as just, simply just, as just, just, I guess just, to,
1: just to really like clarify that like when you talk mm-hmm. about demographics like what just for the audience to just be sort of clear like what
0: oh yeah so so you know age age and gender location employment status um you know area of expertise you know Mm -hmm. professional background these are things that that put people in a in particular say categories um Mm -hmm. but they're values attitudes interests can be very very different which i think actually then leads when there's too much focus on demographics that leads to the issue of of especially when it comes to employer marketing leads to maybe the wrong people joining an organization yeah organizations are ultimately like kind of tribes communities of shared you know shared beliefs shared values in the way they approach work Uh, yeah so ultimately that's what that's what is is it a brand is it, is it an employee brand um so it's really important to uh, kind of really look at those psychographics um yeah, as on absolutely. top of the demographics otherwise you know you don't you don't get um you don't get the right people and and um okay i can't remember the exact stats at the moment but it's um gallup did did the global workforce report um mm-hmm. and a massive number i think it was about 75 percent of people they'd um research globally um said they were disengaged um
1: yeah
0: at work which is massively detrimental to a business and and as i say in my podcast in my kind of intro is is finding the right talent is the number one challenge facing businesses ab- above everything else completely um,
1: Because you get you get it right, you get it right, and everything else just falls into place.
0: Exactly. If you can get the
1: right people, they solve all the other problems.
0: Exactly. And Branson talks about it, doesn't he? Although, Mm. (laughs) obviously, there's loads of stuff going on with with that at the moment with with Virgin. But but you know, look after your
1: employees. he has, (laughs) isn't he?
0: You know, so the whole thing of look after your employees and your 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 customers will be happy is something that feels a little bit awkward. But you know, he's. He's right. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's absolutely right. So, so I think, um, I think that thing of think audience first is is something that can seem quite obvious, but you know, on top of the demographics, really look at those psych- psychographics. Talk to your yeah. people. You've got employer brand research. You know that that should have that. You would have had, you know, um, conversations within focus groups, um, internal focus groups that will give you this kind of psychographic information and and just build those personas now you know if you have them great if you don't just get into a room and start screwing stuff on on a wall um mm. and at least you have a starting point um that you can either just go with use or to take to you know an agency um or you know a partner to to build out further but just do something
1: yeah for sure i mean i you know like i I almost feel a little bit like a broken record, uh, just going on about you know audiences and and focusing on what you're trying to achieve, um, but it is it's incredible how uh, how hard it can be to just be completely audience focused. It's very mm. easy to say it. It's very easy to sit around a table and nod nod as at it as a concept. It's sort of it's a very different proposition to actually like really do it and potentially to create content that, you know, the people who are holding the purse strings don't necessarily love um, mm. because it's the right thing to do for the audience.
0: Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that is worth you know, spending, spending time on. And I think, you know, when you kind of takes us to the next part of the, of the framework, mm. which is, so kind of then look at once you've got that audience first, you know, stuff that information to hand, then it's going yeah. all right. Well, let's look at let's look at our brand and mm-hmm. what we stand for, um, and then you know, a classic Venn diagram. You know, whatever is the intersection is is probably going to give you good guidance on what kind of you know stance you should have and what kind of content you should you should um, you should create. Um, I, I particularly liked in your book though, what you talked about, which I suppose is kind of the next part of a of this framework which is mm-hmm. which is creating true content. So what does what that, what does that mean, Nick?
1: If you're create if you're sharing content, you want to make sure that it is providing as much value to your audience as possible. You know, in the same way that if you're producing a product, you want it to provide as much value to your customers as, as you possibly can. Um, now, You know, value can feel like a little bit of a a sort of abstract term, and so just to help people to uh, think about different ways that that content can offer value to the audience, Mm. um, quite like the mnemonic "true," um, which is T R U E, Mm. uh, and that stands for timely. So, if you can share a piece of content at the right time um, with the audience, I mean, that's a sort of that's contextual thing, I guess, really. Um, Mm. But yeah, if you. Shared just the right content at the right time, um, relevant. Obviously, it's essential. You know that goes back to kind of our sort of first step in the framework um, that it has to be spe- like specifically relevant to that audience member. Um, yeah. Useful. Um, you know, there's a huge amount of um, value in in useful content. You know, whether that is just like relatively simple how-to's or um, you know sharing kind of the kind of content that people can use to to like you know live maximize their lives uh you know through like anything from kind of yoga to to as i mentioned kind of product how to's uh, recipes that kind of thing mm. um, um ugh, hang on i'm going to do that you uh you which is uh useful uh so that is uh, we see a huge amount of um kind of useful content on on youtube um, and that could be anything from kind of a recipe to a training course to, um, uh, yeah, you, you name it really. Um, it's like, does it have like real use, use to that audience member? And then Actually, finally, from, just-
0: from, a, from a, sorry, from a, um, from a, from a, from a employer marketing perspective, you know, you think about companies and the, the experience they have, the advice mm. they can provide, you know, especially from an early careers perspective um and also from an experienced professional's perspective experienced professionals perspective there's there's a lot of useful advice um mm. that can be provided and I liked what you talked about in the book about um is it Newsround at the BBC yeah and how actually that kind of brought things absolutely back to basics um, yeah
1: it's really interesting it's that has that that idea that that kind of little anecdote has kind of just so I don't know sort of call on it all the time right? because it just it really reminds you just how important it is to to boil down the information that you're sharing in a nutshell mm-hmm. um, when I was working at BBC uh, Breakfast News they did an audit of all of the different uh, news outlets mm-hmm. that, uh, that the BBC had at the time so everything from the kind of big flagship nightly kind of late night news programs, um, uh, like news night, uh, for people who know it, or like the today program on the radio in the, in the morning, which is like, the sort of real kind of masthead programs right through to, um, news round, which is what, what kids it's, its the sort of, it's designed for, for, um, tweens, I guess, and, and, and mm. teenagers, um, and across all demographics, um, all age groups, the. <laughs> The content, the news programs that got the most positive responses from the focus groups that they did up and down the UK uh, was Newsround. round, um, <laughs> and it's because and this you know this this kind of it's it's kind of relevant to the um, the audience point as well is that like news people are like just massive news geeks like people who get really into listening to news and and, and watching the news and reading the news have a huge depth of knowledge. Um, and one of the problems is that anyone who is broadcasting news and uh, is a reporter or correspondent is is a news geek in themselves. They kind of have mm. to be. Um, and they tend to just tailor their content to themselves. It's, you know, it's mm. an absolute fundamental trap that people fall into. And so that makes accessing the news as a sort of everyday um audience member you know who maybe isn't a kind of avid news follower really challenging because there's there isn't really an entry point where you can suddenly know mm. you know who the president of syria is or you know yeah. whoever you know because it's all assumed you know it assumes yeah. that you know the, you know you you know the 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 background to 9 to 11 it assumes you know you know and it, and people don't mm. um and and that's just it's a really valuable um, point for, for, for all communicators, really, is like, keep it simple and make it accessible. Mm. Um, and you can, you know, in a way you can almost struggle to make things too accessible. Mm. Um, so yeah. And then finally it's just, E, e is, is, is entertaining. Mm. Um, you know, make content that entertains people, uh, particularly at the minute, you know, like there have been so many, like you know, how to work from home and how to look good on a webcam and certainly a casual, like mm-hmm. we've shared quite, you know, we've shared our fair share of those too. Um, mm-hmm. But actually the, the content that we've shared that has been, that's had the most resonance um, online has been the entertaining stuff, things mm-hmm. that are lighter. And I certainly recommend for brands like um, another kind of random anecdote, but I remember talking to a producer. Who worked on The Hurt Locker, which okay. was a Catherine Bigelow film. It's a war film um, mm. that won the best picture Oscar. And it's the lowest grossing best picture Oscar in in history. Mm. Um and the reason for that is that people want escapism. Um and like war films are just far too real and far too edgy with all of the COVID stuff that's going on. People were looking for a bit of escapism so you mm. know why not provide it to them
0: and entertainment can be can be various things can't it it can it can be something that something that you know um makes people laugh it can be something that can you know make people feel you know the other side of the emotions um yeah
1: yeah but, Absolutely. You know, it's a,
0: and it's important to do that because it's i think it's kind of a, about just being yourself as well and if you know brands Brands have certain values, then there will be certain things that they would naturally do when it comes mm-hmm. to entertaining people. So, so why not? Why not do it? Um, so we got so true, we got timely, we got relevant, we've got useful, and we got entertaining. So, yes, if if those if there's content that is ticking those boxes, then mm-hmm. then you're doing a pretty good thing in terms of you know trying to reset your reset your approach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, you know, and you know, they, 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 that's just it's not really set in stone. It's just it's a way of just trying to break down, like, what do you really mean by value mm. um, to the audience? Um, and, you know, like just because something is relevant doesn't necessarily mean that it, it can't be useful. In fact, mm. you know, though they, they all sort of work together, um, mm. it's, it's just it's just a way of just like having a little think about how, yeah, what, what you're able to offer what's the next step in the framework
0: then? It's really then about, you know, looking at how much content you can plan and produce in advance. I'm doing something with a client at the moment where where um, we've basically batched up content that we know we're going to need to use over the next um, eight weeks, possibly longer. Um, so we've, you know, spent time and effort to actually, you know, produce that content in advance. So we have that that's say, stack of content that we are now dipping into and putting into, you know, content schedules and, you know, and, and publishing, um, say, particularly around social, on social. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there's there's things that businesses know they need to achieve and they know that there's certain times of the year that maybe their audience needs things. So just plan to that. Um, yeah. Plan that and produce that in, in advance so then actually when you you have got something that maybe it's something that you didn't think of when you developed a strategy and go, oh, actually, you know what? That's something we could do. Or yeah. if something happens, you know, tapping into the timely side of things and relevant side of things is, is oh, well, that's happened now. Let's be able to react to it. Now, if you're planning your content on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, you probably yeah. don't have the capacity to actually respond to that. Um, so kind of give yourself a bit of a break, a bit of a breather, so to speak, by actually planning that content in advance. Um, I know it's something, I mean, it's something obviously will see you guys at casual do in, in terms of going, let, let's actually, when we're producing, um, video, let's actually mm-hmm. see what we can do in advance, um, and yeah. making the most of the assets that you are creating.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the other point with that is just that like the, the production is the bit that costs the money. Um, you know, and having people going out <coughs> shooting, like that, you know that because you're paying people's day rates, like that, that that costs more money. You know, if you're taking that route, and it's far, far, like incomparably more economical, and you'll get far more mileage out of the content you produce if you're able to think ahead a bit and lump, you know, maybe thir- thirty different out outputs out of you know a day or two filming. Um, than if you try and create, you know, create it as you go now, I mean, the only thing I'd say about that is that like, you do want to, you want to be able to iterate. So you, mm. like, of course you need to plan, of course you want to create as much content as you can and, and, and look at like how you're going to share that through the, the life cycle of your, of your campaign, but also social media and, and YouTube give us such an amazing opportunity to evolve what we're doing. And so you know you can put a piece of put some videos out there, see what works, see what's resonating with your audience, what's getting your clickthroughs, um, you know, or however you're 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 judging the success of your campaign, and then just focus more on on more content like that. Mm. You know, it used it used to be that you'd have to you know create a campaign, put it out there, and you didn't really know until it had gone off with a big bang, and you'd spent all the budget whether or not it was going to be successful. Um, whereas now I think, you know, we, we have the opportunity to just start small and just like, you know, scale mm. as, um, as we work through it.
0: Yeah. Cause it can be a, there's, there is a, I think when you've got campaigns or projects, you know, you're, you know, you there's naturally with projects, there are, you know, there's a start and an end and usually the, the end is defined by when there's a go live date and there can mm. be this thing about focusing too much on getting everything ready for go live. When actually, you know, you're not necessarily going to be putting all content out at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that point of view was about, you know, putting something out there to start with, um, and then doing something you know, else off the back of the, you know, the performance of that, of that content. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you. What there? Any other steps?
0: I think. I mean, it's the other kind of key step, um, I think, is just around going. Well, look, you've spent time and effort actually creating this content, and if you're if you're thinking about producing content like a broadcaster, then you've absolutely got to make sure the right people see that see that content. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, you know, you know, making sure that. A part of your budget absolutely has um, money put aside for amplification. You know, yeah. Okay, organic organic reach is something that is a lovely thing to have, but is you know, is is decreasing. Although TikTok is showing that organic is certainly very much alive on mm-hmm. that platform. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, paying for content to be seen by the right people is absolutely important. Um, yeah. so, you know, I think you, we talked about it in, um, one of our episodes about this, the split between, you know, how much of a budget should be dedicated or how much of a budget, um, actually results in good performance. And you, was it a 75%, 25% split? Yeah. The content, yeah according, content over promotion.
1: Yeah. According to Google, YouTube. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and no, getting the getting the creative content right is is absolutely essential because otherwise you're just trying to you know you're just trying to push water uphill. Exactly. Um, so right, so let's just go you know because I think we've got there's a good framework there. Let's just we'll just go through those again. So step number one, we want to think think audience first.
0: Yeah, absolutely, think audience first. Um, yeah, and then you know step number two would be aligning those audience needs with your brand, your proposition <laughs> and, and values. And then we have yeah. the thing about making sure your content is thinking about true, timely, relevant, useful, and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, plan and produce that content in advance. Yeah. Um, you talked about starting small and scaling up. Yeah. Iteration is really important. And then amplify as well make sure absolutely the right people are seeing your seeing your content um, yeah absolutely so I think and then, that, you know that's, that's a pretty good pretty good starting point just prompt yeah, it's great. to take into meetings
1: absolutely and uh, you know and then just you know continue to iterate and amp- you know mm. and amplify as you see successes yeah great so we are we're going to be sharing a webinar over the coming weeks on um how you can pull some of these ideas together um and make sure that you make a success of of uh, content marketing in in the I, I don't know it sounds a bit kind of tried to say the new world but um you know <laughs> yeah. the the, cha- the change world maybe yeah um, absolutely but uh yeah if you haven't already please take a moment to uh subscribe um to this podcast of course the better video podcast um but also uh to chris's employer content marketing pod um you can find it anywhere you uh find and listen to your podcasts um and please take a moment to uh, to rate us as well, um, as that will help us to rank and um, really inspires us to go on to to do more of these conversations into the future. Um, yeah, we will be in touch about the webinar um, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you all there. Um, Chris, have you got anything else you'd like to add?
0: Oh, just thanks. Yeah, thanks for getting me involved again. It's great to chat and, um, yeah, looking forward to um, doing the other bits with you in the future.
1: Always good, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Um, stay safe and um, sane.
0: <laughs> sane <laughs>
1: as, as in, just as important. And um, yeah. yeah, we hopefully we'll see you here again next week. Thanks for listening.